Hi, welcome everyone to a hopefully on time edition of the Rob the Genius Podcast. Um, yes, I am you know, well documented by me. Tardiness issues have been a thing this year. Um, and we'll see if this episode breaks the chain there. <laughs> okay. Um, so this week we got we got some rap music news, some awards ceremony news um, and well I guess we'll, we're gonna talk about some of these shootings got to can't just not talk about them um, and some more um, relationship wackiness <laughs> and whatever else we come up with before the shows before the before the end of the week <laughs> but anyway, um, I turned 48 last weekend, and I, I mentioned that in the last episode, but happy birthday again to me, and I took the kids, well, the kids got me as a birthday present, we went to see the Return of the Jedi Orchestra show, what that is, is you go to this, you go to a concert hall, and you watch the movie, but instead of like the soundtrack and you're playing like the score, there's a live orchestra. So it's really cool. And look, me being the Star Wars nerd that I am, it was like the greatest thing ever. And I almost jumped out of my seat at the same parts of where I always almost jump out of my seat when I'm watching it. So thank you children for the gift. And now, I promise I'm not going to say anything more about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Um, because quite frankly, I'm not following the trial. I'm not getting all the particulars and all the details. Um, people are getting way out of hand with their support for Johnny Depp. And they're trashing Amber Heard. Um, I, I think I've said that. Um, I, I don't understand that. I'm not going to, but I'm not going to keep going to it. Just hope the trial ends soon. Or hope it ends. You know. And then I hope that, you know, the truth is found out. And that people are dealt with accordingly by the law. And that, that's all I got there. So I'm not Team Johnny. I'm not Team Amber. I ain't, I ain't Team Nobody. All right. On this one. I'm Team Let the Facts Come Out and Let the Legal System Deal With It. Um, I will say that the deck is stacked against Amber Heard because we don't like women very much. <coughs> we just don't. So it's kind of is what it is. Um, we don't like women. We tend to not believe them, or we tend to slant things against them, so that their stories are not as quick to be believed, and we're, we worry more about ruining men's careers. Uh, I said that before, but you know, just run through it one more time before we're done, and um, that's that. So let's move on from that, shall we? Let's let's, let's, let's get some more some more happy fun time kind of stuff, and then you know well, maybe when there's a verdict or whatever, we'll you know come back to that. I don't know. Anyhow, let's get this thing cracking. All right, so let's start off with the Billboard Awards. All right, why am I starting off with the Billboard Awards? Because well, listen and find out. <laughs> Alright, so Mary J. Blige got like one of those like kind of career achievement awards or something from the, the Billboard Awards, and the surprise presenter was Janet Jackson. 
And why am I making a big deal out of this? Well, you know, because it, look, it is good to see Janet Jackson accepted in, you know, polite company. That's for lack of a better word, right? Because Janet Jackson lost a year, not, not I'm sorry, she lost 10 years of her career, basically, because people like Les Moonves at CBS literally tried to end it. Okay, like this wasn't just people outraged over the, the, the thing at the Super Bowl. He went out there and he deliberately tried to end her career. Alright. Got her banned from various outlets. She couldn't promote and when she had new albums, she couldn't promote them because she was banned, basically. Um, you know, people just... When you can't do appearances and promote your new projects, they're not going to do well. Um, when you know, when, when various channels and whatnot won't play your videos, even though music videos are not much of a thing today, but 10, 15 years ago, they still were. Um, like when you can't do that... It, it messes with your career. It messes with your ability to do anything. Um, to sell any albums. Or to, you know, do shows even, or whatever. Right? I mean, and... Yeah, t- about ten years she lost out of her career for that. <clears throat> or actually more than ten years. Um, more like fifteen years. Right? And it turns out, you know, Les Moonves was a creep. Right? He got named in the... YouTubers speaking out stuff and he lost his job. So here's Mr. You know, I am so appalled that she did this thing on television and he turns out to be a member of the Creep Squad. Right? And she lost, again, over a decade of her career was lost to this fake outrage. You know, that was perpetuated by people like Les Moonves. And so, a few years ago, she got back on tour. I think it was like she did like the Essence Festival and she did some smaller venues. She got back on tour. Um, and basically doing shows for us. You know, black people. Because we didn't abandon her. Okay? And, look, I'm not saying that all white people abandoned her, but some of y'all did, at least. But we didn't. Um, when, you know, she was finally able to get something together and get back out on the road, you know, we came out there to see her. And now it looks like, you know, she is now once again accepted in, you know, more mainstream settings again and it's good to see that because she never she did not deserve that she did not deserve to lose over a decade of her career you know to people like Les Moonves that real piece of garbage human being so it's good to see her back out you know out and about it's good to see her you know, I think she might have put a new album out, you know, not too long ago. And, of course, 
I'm being a bad fan because I did not get it. But still, I mean, congrats, Janet. Good to see you back out there. And there was also um, the video surfaced to her, like, um, she was, like, eating dinner or something with, um, with Megan Stallion, I think. And that's good, too. Because, well, because for obvious reasons. <laughs> but also, I mean, you know, um, yeah. But also, um, yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, you know, look, it, it's good because, look, the entertainment industry, you know, pits women against each other all the time. Um, they pit black women against each other, and they pit women from different generations against each other. So here, I mean, you could have had, like, the, you know, the trifecta here, right? And it didn't happen, and we got the opposite instead, which is great. And... Because, look, sometimes, look, Janet's more in my age group. I don't know exactly how old she is. She's a little, she's a little older than me, I think. Or, yeah. But, uh, still, you know, there is sometimes a bit of a generational gap when it comes to things like music and entertainment. And sometimes those older folks get super cranky about you younger folks. And, of course, sometimes you younger folks can get pretty damn disrespectful <laughs> towards us. Right? Um, so it, it's good to see genuine love and support like that it's good because Lord knows they both need it right <clears throat> and you know, Janet has been through some shit um, Megan is going through some shit right um, so it's good just to see that and like I, you know I mean not saying that they're like best buddies or they have no idea right but good to see that, you know, Janet reaching out to, or I don't know, or at least, you know, somebody more in my age group getting along with the younger people, right? That's good. So even though you, like, Janet didn't win the award, congratulations, Janet. Um, you know, you have a whole nother leg of your career to get into now, and let's, you know, here's to it. And maybe I should go buy some of that music. And you should too. <laughs> anyway, alright, that's enough of that. Um. Alright, now to the other side of the music business. Uh, so, Kendrick Lamar, uh, he put out an album out a couple weeks ago. And there's a big, you know, hoopla over there. Kendrick Lamar, right, yay. And um, I have not listened to it. I, I think I told y'all before just where I am with like modern day music in general but rap music in particular that you know I just can't get into it if you tell me like I've listened to Kendrick Lamar a couple of times and he is obviously very good at what he does he's an excellent you know, and all of that but you know what you just you know I'm a little just you know for new rap music, my day is coming gone. So instead of listening to Kendrick Lamar over that weekend, I listened to Low End Theory instead. <laughs> right. Um, but uh, <clears throat> the thing is, with that, uh, well, so there's, it's one of those things where he's one of those quote unquote conscious rappers. 
you know, conscious rapper means like you're supposedly like doing all this kind of deep thinking in your music and all this stuff and talking about all these heavy subjects and whatnot, right? And um, again, I haven't listened to enough of him to know to, that that's what he is, but that's the kind of category he's been put in. And so, of course, there have been these, you know, there was just a whole lot of discussion and debate on Twitter about just, you know, about the lyrics and what it all means and, you know, all that kind of thing, right? <clears throat> but there's some controversy um, because one of the features on the album, and I'm still getting used to calling stuff features, um, you know, back in my day, we just called it guest appearances, right? But anyway, um, is one of the guest appearances from Kodak Black, and you know, he's another rapper. I've never, I could not name one Kodak Black song to you. Um, I have no idea what he's ever done in, as far as musically, but I do know that he. Um, there's controversy because he apparently pled guilty to some misconduct with an underage girl. Yeah, that's bad. And so, you know, there are some people like, well, gee, Kendrick, you're supposed to be the conscious rapper, and, you know, and all of that. How do you have, you know, this guy on your album? Um, yeah. I mean, look, conscious, or so-called conscious rap, um, there's been a long history of, again, so conscious rappers either doing business with or being friends with some other people who aren't so conscious right um yeah I mean like um you know Africa Babata was you know an old, old school pioneers was named in some type of you know misconduct thing I think with underage or kids, basically, and I don't know if he went to jail or, or if it was just an accusation that never led any further. But you know, the kind of people people tend to believe that he did that shit, or that he did something that he did he did do something foul, and yet there are people like. KRS one who are you know don't have any problem being around the dude or you know or, or I thought might have even spoken up for him and like I told y'all don't put a cape on for these folks at the very least right um I mean yeah And look, I mean, conscious rap is really, and I'm stealing this from somebody who said this on Twitter, right? But, well, yeah, conscious rap is, uh, you know, um, no, it's been a bit of a mirage. Because, look, it's, main, it's mostly dudes saying that racism is bad. And, I, yeah, and I, again, I stole that from Twitter. I did not come up with that phrasing. 
and there, you know, there'll be some other things like, you know, we need to take care of ourselves better, and, you know, okay, fine. But, there, there's always been just a certain level of paternalism, patriarchy, and in conscious rap. And, well, it's funny, because, and not funny, like, haha, but, you know, peculiar or strange or whatever, that, you know, these conscious rappers are often offer themselves up as an antidote to just flat-out misogynistic, you know, you know, bitches and hoes kind of lyrics, right? And they, they've you know, offered themselves up as kind of the antidote to that or the antithesis of that. But they engage in a different kind of sexism, basically. You know, it's not, you know, outright misogyny, but it's, you know, you know, paternalism, you know, and, and, you know, that kind of thing. And there's also a, you know, basically bros before hoes kind of mentality where, you know, even as we're talking about being better people and all that, um, there's still tolerance for people who, you know, are associates or in all types of bullshit. So, like, so basically, look, you, you can get on the mic, you can tell the world that, you know, we need to treat our women better, right? And our women, right? You know, uh, you can get on the mic and tell the world that we need to treat women better. And then, you know, your homeboy who done assaulted some women and some old stuff, well, nobody's perfect. Right? <laughs> I mean, um, what are we doing? You know, you know. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, tell the world to act one way while you tolerate something else. From, you know, because that's your man's. And, well, if it's your man's, well, nobody's perfect. And, or, you know, they be lying sometimes. Right? Um, So, um, yeah, I guess I'm not surprised at this. Um, look, people were doing business with R. Kelly until it just became publicly untenable to do it. Um, you know, people did business with Harvey Weinstein until it became publicly just, you know, untenable to do it. And also both of those, you know, Harvey Weinstein and R. Kelly both went to jail. Or Harvey might be on his way to jail. R. Kelly did go to jail. Right? I mean, people still do business with Woody Allen. Even though, you know, it's pretty well believed that he is another nasty man. I'm just using that simple terminology because I can't. Right now, I can't remember exactly what it is he's been accused of, but it was some really bad stuff. Um, and enough people believe it. And I'm not saying I don't believe it. I'm just, like, I'm, you know, the little bit I've heard seems to me like he, he got, he, he, at the very least, he ain't squeaky clean on this. But people still do business with him. People still do business with Roman Polanski. Roman Polanski who cannot come to the United States to pick up his Academy Award 
because as soon as he lands, he'll get handcuffs slammed on him and taken to jail. Right. Um, so that's what we're doing. That's you know, um, that's how this goes. And like I said in the, during the intro, we don't really like women, and we don't really care about kids because we have no problem. Well, not I, but as a society have no problem continuing to do business with people who, you know, assault or otherwise mistreat women and children. Uh, so, no, I'm sorry. I'm, I guess I'm not totally surprised. You shouldn't be surprised. Um, should you be ashamed of Kendrick Lamar? I don't know. I mean, I think it's fair to call him out. Because that's, that's all you can do, right? You can... You have to make it publicly just untenable to work with these people and do business with these people. That's all you can do. And because I don't know, I mean, because for some reason these folks just they refuse to set aside, you know, bros before O's. It's all you can do is make it just publicly just untenable to work with these folks. And and like this is just cold cynicism here. I mean, look, I haven't heard Kodak like, again. I don't know any Kodak Black songs. I've heard Kodak Black rap a, a verse. I, okay, I can't tell you how good or bad he is, but yeah, got it. I'm gonna go ahead and say that he can't be that good if you're gonna put yourself in this kind of spot. You know, over having him on your album. I mean, there's got to be somebody out there you could have gotten on, to be on your album and do this feature that doesn't have that hanging over the head. Right? So just, again, yeah, you got to make it publicly undesirable to work with these folks. And, well, why do you want to ruin their careers? I mean, you're... You ruin your own career when you engaged in, you know, sexual misconduct, dude. And just think about this now, right? So, Janet Jackson, again, you know, lost over a decade of her career because of a basically was a bit of a stunt during a Super Bowl halftime show. Okay, she lost over a decade of her career because people got fake outraged. People who were engaging in all types of creepy shit themselves got fake outraged over that. She lost over a decade of her career. Okay, these dudes are engaging in actual misconduct. Some of them even going to jail over it. Or getting, you know, convicted like Roman Polanski. And there are people literally out here fighting to save their careers. Right? To, you know, because we don't want to ruin their lives. Right? I mean, we go in the exact opposite direction. You know, Jan again, Janet Jackson got railroaded from some fake outrage. And, you know, the Kodak Blacks of the world, get, you know, get capes put on them for, for them and continue to get work. And it, despite engaging in some real bad shit. 
So, like, I'm not telling you to, you know, and I've said this before, I'm not telling you to don't buy the album or don't listen to the album. I'm not telling you that, that you know, personal decision. And, you know, I'm not going to give you kind of any type of, I'm not going to give you any real moral crusader points because you choose not to listen to the Kendrick Lamar album, okay? I'm not going to do that. But call them out, yes. Keep calling these folks out, you know. And look, if you engage in some type of sexual misconduct, whatever level or it is, you deserve to have your career ruined. Well, no, I'm sorry. Well, you you already you ruined your career. You deserve to to not get work anymore in that field. All right. So what are they supposed to do for a living? That's not my problem. All right. You know, they made a choice to engage in not just some morally reprehensible behavior, but some illegal behavior in that. And just because they got away with it doesn't mean, you know, that they're innocent. And... You know, like, like you don't deserve a music career to start with, all right? You get one, all right? And so, you don't deserve one to start with. So, you know, if you lose it because of how you acted, it's your fault. Period. In the story. All right, that's enough of that. Let's keep it moving. Now, while we're on the subject of music, this something that just came across my radar on Thursday morning. Is the stupid things you see on Twitter. Some, I'm assuming, young lady posed the question or comment and question that, gee, it really sucks that black people. Accepted Eminem, but they didn't accept the Beastie Boys. What's up with that? <sighs> Look, if there's anybody here, younger people, like, you know, listening to this right now, um, please. Before you open your mouth about some things that happened before you were born or when maybe when you were little, please, please find out what actually happened before you start pontificating, before you start asking, what, why, why didn't y'all do this? Please. That is something trivial. You know, it's music, right? Not war and peace or anything, but still. To say that black people accepted Eminem, but we did not accept the Beastie Boys is just, it's false, and it's just dumb. Okay. There's a long history of white artists, not just in rap, but in other, all forms of music, who were accepted by black audiences. Okay, I can almost guarantee you any white artist who has been successful in any form of music 
that was, you know, made popular or that was created or pioneered by black people. Any white artist who has been accepted, who has been successful in one of those genres, has been accepted by black people first. Okay. They have been. All right. Or accepted at the same time, at least. Okay. You know, it goes back at least to rock and roll. Maybe further, for all I know. I don't know. But even when there might have been some trepidation at first, right? They were black Beatles fans. They were black Rolling Stone fans. They were black Elvis fans. All right. They were black fans of, you know, The Who and Led Zeppelin and, you know, um, you know, all of them, you know, based their music from, you know, black R&B music, right? Um, you know, Wham, George Michael, right? George Michael's huge with black people. <laughs> okay? Um, you know, you can go through Tina Marie, Sheena Easton, um, you know, groups like New Kids on the Block were popular, had black fans. Backstreet Boys, NSYNC had black fans. Where you th- Justin Timberlake, where do you think his, his takeoff point, who do you think it was with? It was with us. Alright, his, you know, ascension as a solo artist was largely rooted in being over with us. Alright. Um, you know, the list goes on and on. And in rap, just the same thing. Right, I mean, from the Beastie Boys to, you know... Debbie Harry and Blondie, right, um, it started there, you know, and then, you know, you had third base, we loved third base, we were the first audience for Vanilla Ice, Vanilla Ice, his, you know, he was not always looked at as a clown show, right, I mean, at one point he was considered legit, a, you know, validated, legit rapper, and that came from us. He was a hit with us before he became a, before they tried to make him a crossover hit. All right, I mean, so to even think that you know we didn't accept the Beastie Boys. I mean. You should really look up your rap music history before you start running off with the mouth like that. I mean, if you if you know of the Beastie Boys enough to mention their name, then you should know some of the history, or at least to make if if you know their name and you want to make some you know declarative statement about them, you should know the history. 
Okay. A whole lot of us bought license to ill. All right. Even though, look, that sounded in a lot of ways a lot less like a rap album and more like a rock album. All right. And it's funny because, you know, when they actually, when some of their later albums were they were kind of start to finish more of a traditional rap group you know a lot of us you know had kind of moved on right i mean which is really funny but but yes they they went on they were on tour with run dmc and it wasn't like you know run run dmc they weren't like oh who are these white, white guys i got with us you know and they you know they were on tour with run dmc and public enemy Right, those guys basically certified them. So look, there is no, there is no career for Eminem. Had, you know, the ground already been set. For you know, white artists, for white white rappers to be accepted, okay. It just come on now. I mean, yeah, Dr. Dre, you know, co-signing him, I guess, would have made somewhat of a difference. But you know, come on, they're just dumb. Like, don't speak about stuff that you don't know about. Okay, I'm, look, I know I'm being like the old cranky man here, but I don't. But this really pissed me off. All right, because people are just dumb, loud, wrong, and dumb. Three things you should not be at the same time. Okay. Now look, hey, look at now we're all, you know, you know, every now and then all of us are like one of those things, right? But. <laughs> But you should really try not to be loud, wrong, and dumb at the same time. All right. One you can get away with. Right. I mean, you know. But hey, yay. You young people and your cultural ignorance. What's wrong with you people? I mean, good grief. Look, look I can't name you one song by you know, most current rappers now. I don't know much of anything about most current rappers now. But you know what I don't do? I don't talk about them. Alright, you don't see me, you know, pontificating about future or you know the Migos or you know Kendrick Lamar or you know any of these other guys. Right? You don't see me talking about that. You know I don't know anything about them. I don't know who their fans are. I don't know how many how records they've sold. I don't know if they're going on tour. I don't know none of that about none of them. I don't know none of their discography or none of their history or nothing. So I keep my mouth shut about them. Because I don't know nothing. I just know that that's not music. It's noise. Anyhow, <laughs> just, you know what, I mean, come on, just, 
better to be silent and thought a fool than to open your mouth and prove it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on. And got some uh, on the real serious news front here. Um, oh boy. Yeah. All right, so the uh, Black Lives Matter <laughs> organization. You know, um, not 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 the hashtag or the slogan or whatever. There's an official Black Lives Matter organization. Well, they need to change their name to Black Money Matters. <laughs> Man, oh boy! Unfortunately, they have turned <coughs> this. Well, I guess I shouldn't say they've turned. They probably started out from the beginning. As a uh, grifting organization, <laughs> oh, boy, so they, they, um, well, I actually got this off of Twitter, so um, this um, we'll see how accurate this is. If, if this ends up being like completely false, um, my bad. But <laughs> all right, but tax filings just got released. Um, Oh no! Okay, this is actually this. Okay, this is not just something somebody typed up on Twitter. This is actually in the New York Post, which is suspect. But you know, <laughs> okay. But anyhow, all right. It says thirty-seven million on grants, real estate, and private flights. Oof. Thirty-two million in stocks. Not good. Four million on operating budget. <sighs> and. Eight hundred forty thousand to the founder's brother, and nine hundred seventy thousand to the founder's baby daddy. Wow, that is a lot. And unfortunately, a lot of these organizations, when it comes to you know <coughs> taking up cause and all that. Well, yeah. Unfortunately, a lot of these places are not on up and up. And it really looks like this is one of them. And it's kind of sad, really. Um, yeah. Um, because, well, well, I mean, you, you know, <coughs> that there are people waiting to seize on this, and you know that some of these right-wing MAGA folks, if they haven't already, will use this news as a means to discredit not just the organization, but the whole concept of Black Lives Matter and all of that. And it's a shame. It really is a shame. And it sucks. Because stuff like this completely undermines the whole cause, the whole movement. Um, now, people will tell you a lot of times, just don't give to these big organizations for 
philanthropy, charitable stuff, and whatnot, right? Because a lot of them, you know, they take in all this money and they use very little of it for like the for activism or whatever. So you're better off dealing with local organizations, you know, where you can actually see what they're doing. That'd be my, you know, that'd be my recommendation. But this is this is just sad. And and look, I know there's some folks probably thinking, well, why are you airing the dirty laundry? Um, it's in the newspaper. I'm not airing anything. Okay, it's in the media. It's out there, and people are going to use that information anyway. So. But, you know, we got to police these things. Um, and don't give money to them folks. Don't give money to, to them. Don't give money to what's it, Sean King. Ugh. That guy's the worst. And look, and, and listen, right, I mean, with, you know, these organizations, um, I don't know, it's not that, like, there's no standard or line or whatever for how you're supposed to be riding around if you're, you know, working in one of these organizations. But... Um, I don't know. I really don't know. Because you know, because it's like, well, are you supposed to you know, be poor if you run a charitable organization? Right? Um, that's the same if you're like the pastor of a church, right? Are you supposed to be poor? Um, if the organization is doing its job, if the church is doing its job and they're bringing in a whole lot of money and, or, you know, if your organization is bringing in a whole lot of money and they're able to do the job and they're able to, and if you are a big reason why, um, I mean, you should be compensated accordingly, but I don't know exactly what that means. Um, that's like one of the, well, the <laughs> no pun intended, the million dollar question here, isn't it? Um... Because, look, well, these organizations, you know, if they're succeeding, then they can have a lot of money coming in. You know, a church that's doing really well has a lot of money coming in. And it's often due to the, you know, efforts of, you know, the leadership or what have you, or some people that work there, or what have you. And, um, well... <coughs> question is I don't know like like what you know what's the right you 
amount that these people should make. Um, now, in this case, now that these, you know, these folks they don't think, don't know they're doing anything illegal, so I'm not going to say they need to go to jail or anything, but I mean, they're definitely, they obviously brought in a lot of money. Um, but it looks like they were not using much of it, so. So look, just be careful, be mindful when you give these folks money, right? I mean, just, and again, avoid the bigger organizations. If, if, like, if you're at all wary, just avoid the bigger organizations. Go with the local folks, you know, or go with people with a little more transparency because you don't want to find out that your money has been going to some place that they're putting out, you know, $32 million for all types of stuff. Oh, man, what are we going to do? I don't know. Tell you what, if you want to send your money somewhere, send it to me. <laughs> look, 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 I'm I'm not going to have no $35 million, you know, going towards nothing. But, you know, if you send me $10, I can go buy a few comic books. How about that? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, what can you do? What can you do? Well, look, um, yeah, send it to me instead. How about that? <laughs> Look, I can I can take a picture and show you what I bought with it, right? <laughs> oh yeah. Anyhow, yeah, you know that's what it is. All right, that's, that's uh that's enough of that. I think it's time to get on up out of here. All right, so one more thing. Uh, back to the, the, the more fun stuff here. So uh, winning time. The uh, dramatization of the early, you know, Magic Los Angeles Lakers era. Finished the first season, and man, that was wild stuff. <laughs> uh, it was very entertaining, and I, you know, thought very well done. Uh, casting was perfect, particularly for like the guy who played Magic Johnson, and the guy who played Pat Riley, and uh, John C. Riley played uh, Jerry Buss, the former, you know, deceased now deceased Lakers owner. Um, it was really good. Casting was really good. Casted really great. Um, again, it was very entertaining. It was very well done, well written, and all that good stuff. Um, there were people I didn't know about. I did not know about Jack McKinney, who was the first Lakers coach during that era. Um, so I didn't know about him and what all, what all happened with him. So that was a bit educational. Um... I didn't, didn't know about Spencer Haywood and the troubles he had, right? Um, so it was, you know, again, that was also educational. Now, some of the real-life people um, have some, shall we say, differences <laughs> of opinion about um, the way they were portrayed in the movie. Um, and I'm sorry, in the series. And look, that's because, you know what, um, almost everybody had their moment of just being, looking like a jerk. 
at some point or another. From Magic to Jerry Buss to Jerry West um, to Riley. Um, right, like those four in particular were, you know, had just stretches where they came off not so great. And so some people are disputing what was in the series. Now, um, Spencer Haywood has actually you know, reportedly expressed support for his portrayal, portrayal in the series. Uh, Jack McKinney's family, Jack's no longer with us, um, have said they were, you know, appreciative that the series, you know, had Jack in there and all that kind of stuff, you know, because look, like I said, I, I never heard about Jack McKinney. So, and he doesn't, his name does not come up in, you know, Lakers lore or whatever. And because, well, basically he didn't get any rings, right? Or, well, he was the coach at the beginning of the season, but he was in an accident, couldn't finish the season, had all types of health problems, and he, he never came back to the Lakers. So, he's not part of Laker lore because he, you know, he wasn't there to get the rings. Which, I mean, kind of sucks, really. So his family is appreciative that, you know, that he actually got to be in the series and get people could actually see him, right? Um, but, you know, Jerry West, Magic Johnson, Jeannie Buss, who was, you know, Jerry Buss's daughter, of course, um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, they, they, none of them are happy with, <laughs> with the way they're portrayed in the series or with some of the stuff that's in there. Um, I will say that, you know, you know, if Magic, if Magic has an issue with being portrayed as like this unfaithful, perpetual horn dog, well, he did some interviews back around the time where he announced he was HIV positive. He did some interviews in which he described or he talked about all the sex he was having with all these different women. So if he was not a perpetual, I mean, I, you know what? I'm sorry, this, this is one of those times where maybe you just don't like seeing all your dirt put up on the screen, <laughs> okay? <laughs> now, look, I think this is mainly an issue of just control, right? Um, people, like these are folks, these athletes and former athletes and you know are people who are used to being in control of the kind of myth making about them and the lore and you know <laughs> controlling their narrative <laughs> now, I'm laughing because any of you wrestling fans out there know what I mean when, you know what the control your narrative re is a re reference to but it's a real thing and you know, men like Magic Johnson and Jerry West, Pat Riley, you know, Kareem, they have put, you know, decades of work into crafting a certain image of themselves and and in, and into making sure that their story was told in a way that they approve of. So, you know, Magic can go on, Magic can do interviews in, you know, 1990 or 91, whatever it was, 
and say that, yeah, I did this, I did this, I did this. Right, but you know, somebody else telling that story and depicting it on screen, you know, was one of those things that'll make you just kind of be like, damn, that looks a lot worse than it sounded when I was t- talking about it. <laughs> All right, uh, you know, Jerry West. Jerry West has been known for being just hyper intense and hyper competitive to the point of just being personally personally miserable so much a lot of the time. And they, you know, we heard stories. We've been told stories, right? Or not even stories, just told that it is. Or that that's how he is. You know, seeing it played out on screen. Where, you know, Jerry West looks like a crazy man. Um, probably, he probably doesn't like that. Doesn't look so good. Right, I mean, one, he was on the giving end of that, not the receiving end, or he still is on the giving end, maybe. All right, he he's not the person who had to be on the who was had to be on the receiving end of all of those, you know, of the hyper intense, you know, ultra competitiveness and whatever that brings out of him. Right, um, you know, he's not he's not the person who's. So from the people on the receiving end, it probably did feel more like what we saw in the series. Right, um, and it doesn't look good. You know, Pat Riley. They don't make Pat Riley look like a villain or anything here, but I mean, you can see kind of little seeds of being an opportunist in the way his character is portrayed. Um, seeing as how he became the head coach of the Lakers, or seeing how he became the head coach of the Lakers in real life, eh? No. Kareem is standoffish and aloof. People have been saying that about him for decades. Um, you know, Jerry Buss did often wake up, you know, with a different woman next to him in the bed on a different on every different night. <coughs> okay, I mean, like it, it's rare that you get to see your own kind of for lack of a better word, ugliness portrayed from a different viewpoint other than your own, right? Because from my own viewpoint, it's doesn't look so bad. Like, hey, I just, I just really care about this stuff a lot, you know, that kind of thing. And you don't see that you're out here yelling at people and, you know, denigrating them and all this stuff. I mean, you don't see when you're being standoffish that you're just kind of pushing people away, right? You don't see that when you're doing it. The people who catch it from you do. So, like, these scenes with Jerry West and Magic Johnson and others, it's more of the view of somebody who might have been on the receiving end or who watched it happen. And the men who have been on the giving end of all of these things for all these years... They don't like seeing what the other side, you know, how, how it looked to the other side. Because to these men, this was all done in the service of winning. <clears throat> or being all the best we can be and all that kind of stuff. So, look, I don't know what's true and what isn't. I mean, 
Well, some stuff we know is true, like you know, Kareem hurting his ankle before Game Six, right? Or, or not being able to play Game Six of the Finals because of his ankle. We know that. We know that's true. But like conversations he had with people, you know, no, we don't know. Now he's saying that stuff didn't happen the way it's portrayed. Okay. Well, look, nobody remembers word for word what they said in these conversations. So yeah, I mean, there's some scripting to this stuff, and yes, and with <clears throat> biopics and things of that nature. There are always things that are, you know, exaggerated or conversations that may not have happened in real life, but you need something there to kind of show the relationship between characters. Um, you know, there are composite characters because sometimes, sometimes that are made because you don't really have time on screen to show, you know, five different people who are all saying the same thing, right? So... Like you just, it's not a documentary. They don't claim it's a documentary. So it don't look like it, like, it, like it's a documentary. It's a entertaining dramatization of the Lakers franchise during the 1980s. And that's fine. And it's, look, it's well acted. It's well written. All that kind of stuff, right? That's what matters. Um, I would go as far as to say, you know, you don't need to change your opinion of anybody in the story. You know, based on this, you don't. I mean, look, if you didn't have if you didn't have a problem with Magic being a horn dog, you know, back when he, you know, if if you haven't had a problem with that before, why should you have a problem with it now? Right? I don't think you should. But anyhow, um, I do recommend it. It is a wonderfully entertaining series, and they're going to do season two. Looking forward to that. So if you got HBO Max, absolutely check out Winning Time. It's it's great stuff. And now it's time to go. Alright, that's it for this week. Uh doing better. I'll keep note the schedule this time. It's Saturday as I finish this. So we're doing we're doing better. Uh we're getting back on track here, I think. <laughs> but um as usual, you can catch me on the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. Uh, we record on Wednesdays, and the show is usually up on Thursdays. If you're a wrestling fan, please do check that out. And there's a super huge story brewing in the world of pro wrestling right now. Might address it next week. <coughs> but um, other than that, um, yeah, I think that's really it. There's no need for me to drone on about any other things. Um, Birthday was cool. 48 is here. Um, so far, so good. <laughs> it's like super hot outside right now. It's like 90, almost 90 degrees, which is kind of crazy. So I'm not going outside today. Y'all got it? But anyway, um, look, that's it for this week, man. Um, or men, women, children, animals. <laughs> um, listen, um, don't think you can be lax out here just yet I know some people who, who had recent weeks who had COVID um it's not over party's not over <laughs> um so please be careful out there just don't go anywhere you don't have to um all that you know keep some type of safety protocols going you know whatever um, take care of yourselves and take care of each other and I will talk to you guys next time.